back to the David Glenn Show. We'll get back to the NFL and other best and worst of the weekend with your calls a little bit later. John Forsland on the Carolina Hurricanes, the return of Justin Williams and other things. We have a new basketball poll out, and many of your best or worst of the weekend votes are from College Hoops. Louisville went to Duke and beat the Blue Devils at Cameron. That ain't easy. Carolina lost again, and they actually have a losing record. That doesn't hap happen often in Chapel Hill. There's a little worst of the weekend for you. Joining us now, he is a guy that many of us remember as the head coach at Wake Forest, more recently as an ESPN college basketball analyst. Nowadays, he is a right-hand man for Chris Mack as they are a top-10 team once again for the Louisville Cardinals. Dino Gaudio, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing great, David. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Cardinals 79, Duke 73. More on those details in just a little bit. We just learned, Coach, I know rankings don't mean much here on January 20th, but uh, Baylor is the seventh different team to rise to number one in the AP poll. Your Louisville Cardinals have been in this conversation as well. That is the most since the poll debuted back in the 1940s before you and I were even born. Uh, what is different about college basketball right now that we've had seven different number ones and it's still January? Well, I, I, I think what's starting to happen is like so many of our better players are leaving the collegiate game to go to the NBA. I think that's one. I think number two is the tremendous amount of transfers uh, leave certain programs in a little bit of a state of flux and not sure who you have. And so many of us, and, and we're one of the oldest teams in the country, but so many of the teams have young guys. And when you have young guys playing significant roles for you, then all of a sudden you have some inconsistency with, with, with your team. And I think th those are a couple of the biggest things. But, David, you know what? You know, there, there's, you know, I hear everybody saying there's numbers out there like, the, you know, the number one team in the country has lost six times now and the top ten team has dropped uh, 20 games. And I, I, I just think it, what's happening is some of the teams that are ranked early, like we were number one and Kansas was number one and Duke was number one, like we get beat. Others replace us. They get beat. And I think the reason that, you know, everybody's getting knocked off is what I alluded to earlier and I really think there's no great basketball teams out there this year where you might look back and say, hey, that's the team to beat. I mean, we're sitting on January 20th right now, and I'm not sure who the best team in the country is. I know this. We scrimmaged Ohio State in October, and I can remember walking out of the Young Center saying, damn, that's <laughs> the best team in the country. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they, they started losing some games. So I, I just think that's where we are with – so many young guys leaving our game for the league, uh, the transfer portal, and so many kids that are leaving programs, and there's a little bit of inconsistency there, and so many of the teams in the country are just so very, very young. Louisville's Dino Gaudio is joining us on the David Glenn Show. You can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Dino Gaudio. There's something comforting to all the rest of us, Coach, when a basketball brain like yours sees some of the same crazy, unpredictable chaos that the rest of us are having a hard time explaining. Here's a headline I've seen a lot. ACC basketball is down overall this year, and yet... What's the only league that has three of the top eight in the poll that came out today? It's Florida State, number five. Louisville, number six, your team. Duke, the team you just beat at number eight. Uh, can, 
Maybe both are true. I mean, what do you think? Maybe the ACC is not as deep as usual. You've been around this league forever. But when your top three are all in the national top eight, that means you're pretty darn good at the top, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think it's a really strong league at, at the top. And, David, let me say this. Like, you know, we, we lost in New York in the Garden of Texas Tech, and we come out of that game going, man, we shot the ball too fast. We had, in our first 13 possessions, we had, you know, one pass, two pass shots. So we said, yeah, we blamed it on our offense. Then we played Kentucky at Kentucky, and they beat us in Rupp. And we're a really good free-throw shooting team. We, 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 we led the ACC in free-throw shooting last year. We shoot nine for 20 from the line, and we said, yeah, you know, we didn't shoot the ball well from the free throw line. We played Florida State. They punched us in the mouth. Mm. They are really, really good. They are a physical team. They're a really good basketball team. And right now, they might be, I know we're tied with them until we can prove differently, they might be the best team in this league. And I think what makes them so good is that they, they have great size at the guard position. They deny you on the wing so you can't run your offense, you can't make a guard-to-forward entry pass and get into what you want to get in, and then they'll switch ball screens. And all of a sudden, there are five mans on your point guard, and you're like, okay, we're going to drive him. Tough to do because those big guys could stay in front of you. And then you go, okay, we've got a mismatch inside. Their point guard is on our center. Well, their point guards are 6'4 and 6'5, <laughs> right. and they do a great job of front in the post. But I, I think the top of the ACC is very good. And we all know this, you know, your listeners in Carolina, this league, I don't care what measuring stick you use, uh, historic where most national champs, most final fours, most number one draft picks, most first round picks, it's the ACC. You go contemporary, you can say the same thing. More national champs in the last 17, 18 years from the ACC. So maybe, maybe this year is not as great as it has been. But it's still, and it's arguably might be, the best best league in the country. The phrase I use, Coach, just when people accuse anybody of saying, oh, you're talking about ancient history, two of the last three ACC teams net winning the national titles, three of the last five, four of the last seven, six of yeah. the last 11 have been won by current ACC schools. Yeah. I mean, I'm no math major, but that's more than half the time. Exactly right. Like I said, I don't care if it's a historical, uh, a contemporary, last 10, last 12 years. It, it doesn't matter. This league's always at the top. Here's one for you. I read that Chris Mack, the guy who you are his right-hand man as we speak at Louisville, he is the first visiting head coach who won both his first attempt at the Smith Center against Carolina and his first attempt in Cameron against Duke. Uh, I'll give you a chance to just praise or explain, you know, what makes Chris Mack special as a head coach, but even more broadly than that, you know, what is required to win? I mean, Carolina's down this year, you know that, but what does it take to win at Carolina against the Tar Heels, at Duke against the Blue Devils? Because Chris Mack just put together, you know, at, at least a rare, perhaps unprecedented double these last couple of years. Well, I, I think for you to go on the road and win, you better have a, a, a strong defensive team. Like we say, listen, man, when you pack the sneakers and you pack the uniforms and you pack the equipment, you better pack your defense. And I think we're, we're, we're a pretty good defensive team. Our, our first 12 minutes against Duke the other night when we were up, I think we were up, I don't know what it was, 25 to 10 or 25 to 12. We were, we were really, really good on the defensive side of the ball. So if you're going to win on the road, 
like like we did at Carolina last year, Chris's first trip in there, and then first trip at Duke. You better play defense. You better do a good job of defending. And I think you better have kids that are can handle adversity a little bit when it rears its head on the road because it's going to. You know, our game was tied at 58 in Cameron the other night, yeah. and I think it was tied at 63. But we have a pretty resilient group, and I think long-term, and it was part of this DNA of our team last year, and we got most of those guys back this year, I, I think they handle adversity pretty well. And if you're going to win in those two places, you better do that. Dino Gaudio is with us, former Wake coach, formerly of ESPN, now with the Louisville Cardinals on Twitter. He is at Coach Dino Gaudio. So freshman point guard David Johnson, he's been on my radar personally, Coach. You and I have known each other for a long time. I remember David Johnson when he's a high school kid in Louisville. He actually committed to the hometown team so far ago that Rick Patino was the head coach of the Louisville Cardinals. So he stays true through the coaching transitions. Here he is as your freshman point guard. In a million years, Coach, as much as I admire this young man, and I thought he'd be really good sometime this year probably, 19.7 assists, four rebounds, three steals, two blocks. Oh, by the way, by while going up against Trey Jones, who might be an All-American at point guard, at Cameron in front of the crazies, on national TV with game day on hand. I mean, I know he said he didn't feel like himself until I think earlier this month when he got through those shoulder issues. But were you, even you, somewhat surprised by what that young man did on that stage on the road in front of those people against that opponent? Yeah, I, I think anybody would be remiss if they didn't say, hey, what that kid did, I think he had 17 in the first half. He, what he did at Cameron as a freshman is really, really special. I, I, I think he his disposition, he doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. Um, you know, really sort of a straight-line guy, and, and he's the same way day in and day out in practice. Now, you know, David, when we start working with them, when they came for summer school, and now you're allowed to work with these guys in the summer, we were like, holy Toledo. We, we knew he was good, but he's really, really yeah. good. And then what a lot of people don't know is he has a fall, and I want to say it was in June or something in practice, and it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't anything egregious. I mean, he just went down. Terry Torrey's labrum and he had surgery in uh, maybe mid-June. So the kid missed the entire preseason. And he missed, you know, and for a freshman learning the sets and the concepts and what we're doing defensively, I mean, that's a major setback. So we, we, we started to bring him along slowly. And then, you know, end of, end of November, beginning of December, he started playing. And then he was just inconsistent. He was showing flashes in practice and we saw it. And then our latter two games. Against, against Notre Dame and Pittsburgh, he started to get more minutes, started to play well. And I think, you know, people in the triangle there and, and people nationally now see he has terrific athleticism. He, he, he is, he's an elbow above the rim guy yeah. on dunk. And he has tremendous court vision. And he's, he's really going to be a special player. We knew he was good, but, you know, the way he played uh, – at Duke, at Cameron, really exceeded our expectations the other night. Now, took a bad fall at the end of the game. I don't think he's going to practice today. But uh, hopefully we have him back for uh, Georgia Tech on Wednesday. But he's really, really a talented young guy with great size at the position. The last thing I would ever want to do to you is get you in trouble with the ACC office. But I'm going to ask a broad question. You can chime in. You've been around the block, so you know what you can or can't say. Mike Krzyzewski 
after the game, both went out of his way to credit Louisville. And I, he gets upset when people portray it as, ah, he was talking about the officials. He was talking about this or that. I, I, I know he credited the Louisville Cardinals heavily before he went into anything else. He did talk about the lack of freedom of movement. He, I think he made the comparison to like the 1990s Detroit Pistons games. And it is true that officials have been asked to, to just, you know, cut down on the clutching, grabbing, bumping, et cetera. You know, they, they want it to be a cleaner game. How does that shake out? Because I've been watching Coach K long enough that I know he teaches his defenses to bump and clutch and grab and slow. But you gotta re- you got to react to however things are being whistled. And he thought that was the most physical game that he had played all year uh, between your Cardinals and his Blue Devils on Saturday. You know what, David? Honest to goodness, like, and I'm not talking about our game with Duke. We, we, we were talking as a staff like a couple of weeks ago. Like, what happened with freedom of movement? Yeah. What happened with, you know, guys being able to make their cuts? And the reason, you know, we were talking about it in, in, in those terms was, like, with Jordan Warrell, like, guys are bumping him right. cuts. Guys are holding him. The physicality of the game when guys are coming off ball screens uh, which he does a little, not a lot, but, but, but you know, they got this stiff forearm in you and pushing you off the screen. We were saying the same thing as the staff. We, we, we really were. And, um, you know, all the coaches do this. I can't remember what game it was. Like, you know, we said set, set the stuff, sent the stuff to Brian Kersey, the head of the officials, and I won't say what, what team it was, but, hey, look at, you know, we got these guys coming up on whatever the day was, Saturday, like, Look what they're doing defensively. So I think all of us all of a sudden are feeling that. Because in the preseason, David, like when we're, when we're the coaches, referee in practice, when you put your hand out, open palm on a guy's hip or body, that's supposed to be automatic foul. When a guy's cutting, if they chuck you with a stiff forearm, or so, that's supposed to be a foul. So like I, I echo Mike's sentiments. I'm not sure in particular like our game. You know what I mean? I don't know what what the numbers were, I think, I think those guys shot, um, what they shoot, how many free throws did Duke shoot the other night? They shot 29, we shot 17, but I, I, I just think, I, I wish they would tell us what, how they want us to play the game yeah. and how they're going to officiate the game. We would move forward from there. Last thing for you, Coach. You know, since we have a statewide platform here in North Carolina, given especially your years at Wake Forest as an assistant and then the head coach of the Demon Deacons, you know how I end up refereeing some crazy bouts around here. I'm going to ask you generally (laughs) to chime in, given that you've been a a head coach three different places, where do you draw the line on what you will say publicly about your own team? Because some interpreted Coach K's comments – uh, I give the other team credit. I never throw my own team under the bus. I'm never going to be a guy who makes any damn excuses. Some of it interpreted as a shot at Roy Williams down the road, who had famously said earlier this year he believes his Tar Heels are the least gifted team he has had as a head coach in Chapel Hill. So, you know, some things like Kay said out loud, hey, Louisville's older and more experienced than we are, so you're allowed to say that out loud. Uh, I think Jeff Capel came on the show and told us he thinks Roy Williams is right. It is his least gifted team in Chapel Hill. But every coach is a little different. Like, what's the difference between saying something factual about your team is not as old or not as gifted this year versus whatever rises to the level of throwing your own team under the bus, which I imagine nobody wants to do? 
No, I, I don't think so. And I, and I don't think Roy, you know, having been a disciple of Coach Smith and, and you know, myself and all of us under the Skip Prosser tree, it's yeah. always like, hey, never blame the kid. Never never blame. And, and that was our philosophy when I was coaching JV basketball in 1981, <laughs> wheeling West by God, Virginia. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I just think, like, you know, guys are different. Like and I and I forget. Help me out. We all know him. Who was the coach at Washington State? The football coach that just got the job. Down Mike Leach. Yeah, Mike yeah. is like Mike. Just like <laughs> he'll say anything. Whatever on his mind. Right. That's that's how he is, and that's how he rolls. And uh, um, you know, we're we're not like that. We just want to give the other team credit. And and I I just think Roy, you know, was stating a fact. You know that that it might be the least talented team that he's that he's had but um um yeah you know to each to each his own you know to each his own and who's going to criticize a guy that's got five national championships and another guy that's got three and both of them are in the hall of fame <laughs> hey david it ain't me <laughs> <laughs> well done. done what those cats have done so uh yeah and and, and i think sometimes some of the coaches they, they send a message to their kids out through the media too so you know, it'll be interesting how this all unfolds. Hey, real quick, uh, I forget your rooting interests in the NFL. Can you tell us, as you guys are tunnel vision on winning college basketball games, does America's biggest spotlight event, I mean, the Super Bowl every year gets like 100 million-plus TV viewers. Even as you guys are tunnel vision and all hoops all the time, like, is it in your locker room? Is it on the bus rides, on the plane rides, that it's going to be the 49ers and the Chiefs, you know, teeing it up uh, a week from Sunday for the whole ball of wax in the NFL? You know what? There hasn't been amongst our, amongst our kids, on, you know, on the bus or, you know, guys going back. Because we got a lot of, you know, a local kids. We've got three kids from Louisville here, you know, a young guy from Texas. But, you know, for now, if it's their teams, like Darius Perry's from Atlanta, you know, yeah, the Falcons are in there. We might hear a little bit of jawing and talking, and you know, I'm a I'm a Carolina Panther guy. So All right, I kept my mouth quiet. This <laughs> yeah. and and uh, but not really from us. There's not there's not a lot. There's not there, you know I haven't heard the kids talking about it that much. But uh, um, until yesterday, I wasn't sure who was even in the, the final four teams. So I, I, I started watching a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> the just have tunnel vision right now. You know, even when, when, when guys talk about other games and stuff, like, you know, you never see it. Like, after our Duke game on, on the ride home, yeah. on the plane home, I'm, we're breaking down our film. And now, and then right after that, all day yesterday, I'm watching Georgia Tech film. So, I, I don't see all the games. Someone said, hey, Coach Powell got tossed out of the game the other day. I go, is that right? I never <laughs> saw it. I never saw it. But uh, we're all in our own little uh, bubble. Hey, man, that's part of what makes you guys great. Tunnel vision is required to accomplish things like going to Duke and beating the Blue Devils. Congrats on all the success so far. Our best wishes to Coach Mack, and thanks for representing the Louisville Cardinals today here on the David Glenn Show. David, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Always a lot of fun. Dino Gaudio on Twitter at Coach Dino Gaudio, former ESPN analyst, former Wake Forest head coach, also led the Army and Towson programs before helping Skip Prosser at Wake and then taking over that head coaching job years ago.
Louisville over Duke and Cameron, a best of the weekend from college basketball. Florida over Auburn, the number four team in the nation at the time. DePaul over Butler, the number five team over the weekend. San Diego State actually is the only undefeated team in Division I men's basketball. They're 19-0 out in the Mountain West Conference country. Closer to home, State beat Clemson. That capped off an important and successful week for Kevin Keats and the Wolfpack. Now they go on the road, of course, starting tonight at UVA on ESPN. The Wolfpack beat Clemson. The Deeks beat BC. Florida State took out Miami. Pitt over struggling Carolina. Syracuse got a good win at Virginia Tech. UVA won at Georgia Tech. In almost all of those cases, the better team won including on the road. Louisville and Duke, not much of a difference between the two, but the Cardinals get the victory 79-73. Freshman point guard David Johnson was just phenomenal. Both teams did a good job of limiting the other team's superstar. Vernon Carey of Duke only had 12 points and six rebounds. Jordan Wara of Louisville had only six points and eight rebounds. I mean, those two guys are all Americans. They're the first two guys you would write down on your all-ACC ballot. Great teams can win even when their superstar is limited. And it was David Johnson stepping up for Louisville. It was actually Cassius Stanley, the freshman, stepping up for the Blue Devils. 24 points and 11 rebounds. It's not like the Blue Devils are off the radar just because they've lost a couple here. They're still in the national top eight. Again, Florida State number five. Louisville number six, Duke number eight in the rankings that came out this afternoon. Baylor is the new number one. The Bears are 15 and one, and not long ago went to Kansas and beat the Jayhawks at the fog for the first time in the history of that program. Gonzaga falls to number two, Kansas is three, San Diego State is four, and then you start getting the ACC flavor, FSU at five, Louisville at six, and the Blue Devils at number eight. The ACC is down overall if you're looking one through 15. It is not down in terms of its national contenders because nobody else has three as high as those ACC th uh, three ACC teams. The Big East, the Big Ten, the Big 12, they are all deeper this year than the ACC, but that doesn't mean they're any better at the top. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe this weekend and what made it that? Canes legend Justin Williams had a great return to a Canes uniform, the shootout winner in round number eight over the Islanders yesterday. The 49ers dominated the Packers. Raheem Mostert with 220 rushing yards. The Chiefs beat the Titans. Patrick Mahomes was the Chiefs' leading passer and leading rusher. Andy Reid getting some best of the weekend love today as well. Worst of the weekend, the Packers for face-planting in San Francisco. The Tar Heels for falling to 8-9 and nine overall. All with that loss to Pitt, the Panthers of Jeff Capel swept the heels here in the regular season. Coach K's controversial comments to some linger. You can jump in. Was he taking a shot at Roy? Where is the right place for a coach to draw the line between speaking factually? Hey, Louisville's older than we are. Louisville's more experienced than we are. And it just showed. Those were among K's comments on Saturday at Cameron after the Cardinals beat his team. How different is that than Roy Williams saying he has his least gifted team? How different is that than Coach K talking about the officiating? Again, in all of these examples, I believe K and Roy were accurate with their public statements. What should you say? What shouldn't you say? What qualifies as throwing your own team under the bus? Coach K clearly criticized coaches who do that. 
But what qualifies as throwing your own team under the bus? That's a matter of debate today. You can join us at 1-800-849-2761. What did legendary Panthers wideout Steve Smith say to Panthers owner David Tepper this weekend on the NFL Network? How many under-25 quarterbacks in NFL history have done what Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs is doing right now? Answer, only one ever. I will give you that name on the other side. Why did legendary corner Darrell Revis choose now to go after legendary Niners corner Richard Sherman on social media. More on that back and forth as we wish everybody a happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and we welcome your ballots. Best of the weekend or worst of the weekend and why? Questions and comments on the other matters of the weekend that was a whole lot to discuss in the week to come. Tiger Woods returned. Connor McGregor returned on Saturday night in a pay-per-view event. Serena Williams is front and center again in the tennis world. Zion Williamson is going to take his make his his much-anticipated NBA debut a little bit later this week as we're past the midpoint of the NBA regular season. You can be next. The lines are lighting up across North Carolina. We love when that happens. 1-800-849-2761. Next on the David Glenn Show. Dean in Wilmington, you're up on the David Glenn Show. The NCAA book on violations is so sick Superman has trouble carrying. This is true. However, it's not buried into the small print in the back that you're not allowed to drive luxury cars that aren't yours. Okay? <laughs> Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. It's not a good day for us. Um, I liked the way our kids tried, and they, uh, I've said our guys will always come back or try to come back, but just didn't make enough shots. And uh, they ran a really nice play one time when we got to zone. They throw it underneath for a dunk. We were out of position, but uh, sort of frustrating to say the least. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That's Roy Williams of UNC, the leading vote getters. For worst of the weekend, the Green Bay Packers down 27 to nothing at halftime at San Francisco. That was a face plant in the final four of the NFL postseason. It'll be Niners Chiefs in the Super Bowl a week from Sunday in Super Bowl 54. The North Carolina Tar Heels of Roy Williams lost at Pitt after losing at home to Pitt along with Georgia Tech and Clemson in a recent homestand. The Heels are now 8-9 and nine overall. We're coming back to your calls as promised. I did promise you one NFL factoid as we come to Richard in Williamston, Jim in Bowie's Creek, Cruiser in Curry Beach. You can join us at 1-800-849-2761. The 49ers, including running back Raheem Mostert, best of the weekend, Nick Bosa, Richard Sherman and more for San Fran deservedly so the Chiefs from head coach Andy Reid to QB Patrick Mahomes to Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill and Damian Williams and others deservedly so best of the weekend what Chris Mack and Louisville did at Duke was the biggest win or one of them from the college basketball weekend the Blue Devils really are not a worst of the weekend it's kind of like the Tennessee Titans no embarrassment in losing to a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. No embarrassment to losing to a fellow top 10 team in the Louisville Cardinals. Not every win is best of the weekend. Not every loss is a worst of the weekend. The Packers and the Tar Heels leading the worst of the weekend vote. The Niners, the Chiefs, the Louisville Cardinals, and the Carolina Hurricanes leading the best of the weekend vote. John Forsland later, speaking of the Canes, back to your calls now. The NFL tidbit. How many under-25 quarterbacks in the history of the NFL 
have done what Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs is doing right now? Answer, one. His name, Dan Marino of the Miami Dolphins. Mahomes has not hit 25 years old yet. He had almost 300 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. He led the Chiefs in rushing with 53. He ran for a touchdown that down the sideline scintillating 27-yard scamper to kind of put the Titans away. Patrick Mahomes now has 11 career touchdown passes specifically in the playoffs prior to the age of 25. The only QB who had that many or more prior to the age of 25, the legendary Pitt Panthers QB who went on to great fame for the Miami Dolphins. Dan Marino had 13 career touchdown passes in the playoffs prior to the age of 25. Mahomes, with a good Super Bowl, could catch or pass Dan Marino. Richard in Williamston, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Well, I've been listening to the show today about the flight that Coach K is catching from his comments after the game. And I'm thinking that he's right because Roy did throw his team under the bus because if this is his least talented team, he recruited them. If anybody needs to be thrown under the bus, it's him for recruiting these guys if he don't watch them. Well, of course, every coach is responsible for who he recruits. The question is, what is the difference? What what rises to the level of throwing your own team under the bus when when Mike Shashevsky accurately stated that the Cardinals have more experience than his Blue Devils have? They're older than his Blue Devils are. That's a factual, correct, accurate statement. And when Roy Williams said his team is the least gifted he's had, that's a factual, accurate, correct statement. So what makes one wrong and the other okay? Uh, that's the question, right? I mean, they're both trying to point out negative facts that are true. Now, you could say that one is, you know, kind of more numbers-ish. You're either older or you're not older. You're either more experienced or you're not more experienced, whereas the other is more opinion. But all coaches do say critical things about their own team, right? We didn't execute very well today. We were very sloppy with our ball handling today. We looked young today. And the other team looked older and experienced and more mature, and that's why they won, and that's why we lost. Those are negative comments about your own team. Just like Roy Williams, he didn't, he didn't point anybody out. He didn't say, Andrew Playtech isn't good enough to play at Carolina. I don't know how we gave that guy a scholarship. He didn't do any of that. He said it's his least gifted team. Now, I mean, there's an interesting gray area here. Every coach says limiting negative critical things about his own team, period. What rises to the level of throwing your own team under the bus? And what, what is only pointing out what in many cases is obvious? The Tar Heels are way below their, talent, their usual talent level. Anybody with an open mind and a pair of functioning eyes can see that, right? And similarly, Duke is young again compared to Louisville has, I think it's seven of their top nine players are juniors and seniors. By the standards of modern-day basketball, that is an old college basketball team. And Coach K has freshman Vernon Carey and freshman Cassius Stanley and freshman Matthew Hurt and sophomore Trey Jones among his most important players. Those are very young dudes compared to seven juniors and seniors. And, yes, one of Louisville's advantages on Saturday was they were the older, more experienced, more mature team. To Duke's credit, they fought back. Cassius Stanley was great. Trey Jones, after being shocked, I think, by David Johnson, the Louisville freshman who had not done much this season because of his shoulder issues, 
I think Trey Jones was in a state of shock. Who is this dude? I haven't seen him on video a lot. That's because he wasn't playing a lot. He had shoulder issues. He goes from barely playing to Louisville's best player in that first half. He dominated an All-American candidate, Trey Jones, right in front of the Cameron Crazies. I'd have been in shock as well. To Trey Jones's credit, he bounced back in the second half. Vernon Carey wasn't great, but he was okay. And the Duke guys kept fighting. They were trailing almost the whole game. They kept fighting back. To Louisville's credit, and this is where age and experience and maturity kick in, there were... They went from being ahead, being ahead, being ahead, being ahead to being tied a couple times. And the Cameron crazies are going nuts. And it's loud and you can't think. And you're not sure why you coughed up a big lead. But do you keep your poise in that moment? Or do you lose your poise in that moment? Do you point fingers when somebody misses a defensive assignment? Or you turn the page and go on to the next play? Because winning at Cameron is hard enough under the ideal circumstances, much less if you lose your poise at the wrong time. So again, Coach K was perfectly accurate he was accurate when he talked about the officiating he was accurate when he talked about the cardinals edge and age and experience which critical comments are appropriate which critical comments are inappropriate that seems to be the matter of disagreement today jim is in Bowie's creek and next on the david glenn show david good afternoon good afternoon what's going on we're going to have to agree to disagree about roy's comment on which on roy's Roy. Yeah, go ahead. Um, and I think it is typical of the age we live in. I think if Roy could unring the bell and call those words back, he would. Um, I think that Krzyzewski went out of bounds making his comment because it was clearly directed at Roy. And ordinarily, coaches don't get personal toward one another. But And again, Coach, and again, I'll let you keep going. But again, Coach K did not mention Roy Williams. But uh, I think a majority of the audience is assuming that when he says, I never throw my team under the bus, he is referencing Roy Williams' recent comments about his least gifted team in Chapel Hill. Go ahead. Yeah. And you've been watching them since the 80s. I've been watching them since 69. And I can about guarantee you Dean Smith never made a comment like that. Probably not. I would agree with you on that. Um, I think that the fact that it's true does not justified if i was one of the parents of the kids on that team i would not be happy with roy i would be saying you just made a pejorative statement about my kid you came into my living room and said we want your kid now you're saying he ain't got talent because no one knows where the fingers point well it, right it would be more specific if he talked about your son it is less specific when you talk about a 13- or 15-man roster, obviously. Do you understand what I say about shades of gray? Because I'm telling you this, and I covered Dean Smith. Every coach in the history of the world will talk about how in some years there should be higher expectations and in other years there should be lower expectations. Every coach ever will say that and we'll admit it so that's admitting hey this year we have more talent more experience more depth etc and and expectations duh should be higher and this year you know it's a rebuilding or a lot of new guys or we're not sure and it's going to be trickier every coach ever will admit those those things now it's less specific than saying we're the this is the least gifted team i've ever had so it, it's it's hard to define where you cross the line to throwing your own team under the bus and you're not the only one who thinks Roy crossed that line. And remember, Roy 
is just rolling his eyes saying, I can't believe the media took least gifted and ran with it. And, the rea- and I think fans, media members, coaches all react to that kind of thinking as, come on, Roy, you've been around a long time. When a Hall of Fame coach says out loud on the record, you know, on his radio show, or this is not something he whispered to somebody in the hallway and a reporter overheard it and something that was intended to be private somehow became public. This is press conference stuff. This is coaches show stuff. If you're the Hall of Fame coach who's been a head coach for more than 30 years combined at Kansas and Carolina, you know that when you make an extreme statement of any kind, it is going to get traction. Best ever, worst ever. Coach K's comments about the officiating, he knows. He could hear it coming out of his mouth this weekend. Coach K basically admonished the media, hey, I'm trying to make a fair point here. Y'all saw how physical it was. We're all wondering about freedom of movement and why some nights it seems to not be officiated that way. Coach K was absolutely accurate with those comments. Now, is there anything inappropriate about it? I would say no, uh, but there's a lot of gray area in here where you talk about the limitations of your own team, talent-wise, age-wise, experience-wise. When you talk about expectations, again, every coach will admit when he has more or less, higher or lower. Did Roy Williams just get too specific on that theme? Because he's he's certainly not the only one. Every coach ever will admit when expectations are or should be higher or are or should be lower, even Coach K. And, and again, I've covered all these guys whose, whose names have come up today. It's only a matter of degree. Given that Roy Williams saw the media run with least gifted, do I think you're right that he would take it back if he could? Yes. But was he wrong? As Jeff Capel of Pitt himself said on our show, absolutely not. Roy Williams was 100% accurate. You're right, though. That doesn't automatically make it okay. Not every true statement should be shared out loud. All of us live by that standard. You don't answer every question truthfully. Whether it's grandma asking you how much you like her cookies, you're really going to answer. If, if they were horrible, are you really going to tell grandma? You're going to ruin her day by telling her the truth? No, you're not. Somebody asked you a question that's none of your business. You know, any marital problems lately? Well, it's not. You're going to answer that one? accurately and publicly good luck good luck when you go home the next time if there are some marital trickiness you know going on the truth serum answers should not always be uttered out loud that's the essence of the argument against Roy Williams back after this on the David Glenn show Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. That was the voice of John Forslund. He's actually going to join us live in about 15 minutes. That was his call of yesterday's win for the Canes over the Islanders in the shootout. Y'all remember the the movie Free Willy? 
That involved marine life, if I remember correctly. Free Willy was Canes fans' theme when asking head coach Rod Brindamore to throw Justin Williams out there in the shootout. It took eight rounds before we saw number 14, but of course he delivered as he usually does in round number eight. James Reimer continued his hot play in net and made the one more uh, save needed to clinch that shootout win over the Islanders. Canes got three of a possible four points this weekend. That made them a best of the weekend. Just as MMA star Connor McGregor, Niners running back Naheem Mostert, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and the Louisville Cardinals of the college basketball world got a a lot of best of the weekend, love. Dino Gaudio of Louisville in the books. John Forsland of the Canes on the way. Cruiser is in Curry Beach, North Carolina. And next on Best and Worst of the Weekend. Go right ahead. I figured we'd come to you, Cruiser, because we just heard the, the Canes audio from the big win over the Islanders. Go ahead. Hey, Dave, can you hear me? Yeah, go right ahead, man. I, I, I saw that Military Appreciation Night went well in the stands, and, of course, it's always nice to see the Canes pick up two points at the same time yesterday. Yes, indeed it is, and I even made a nice post on my Facebook page. You know, of course, number one, Justin Williams coming back, and the hockey gods were looking out, and for him to score the game winner, especially after eight rounds right. Now, you don't see that often. No, that was a Disney script unfolding. For those who have forgotten, Justin Williams stepped away from hockey. Three-time Stanley Cup champion is 38 years old now. He stepped away while not retiring back in the preseason. And it took until this past week. He's been skating on his own for about a month or so. It took until this weekend for him to be activated. And sure enough, there he is, the Disney-like star in the shootout as they beat the Islanders. Yes, for sure, but first and foremost, the military appreciation night, the way they showed respect to individuals at the break, and then there at the end of it all, when all the players took off the helmet and gave a salute, major props and respect for the players and the organization, respecting our men. Because, you know, everybody knows the price of freedom is not free. Props to the organization and the players. Really well put, Cruiser. Thanks for listening and contributing today. As a season ticket holder myself in the front row, I love what they've turned Military Appreciation Night into. Of course, you get discounted tickets if you just bought them. Uh, every night at a Canes home game, by the way, someone with military ties is honored, and they always get an ovation, not only from the fans. You often see the players tapping their sticks on the ice, which is a hockey player's version of you know clapping your hands together, basically. They just ramped it up yesterday on Military Appreciation Night, and he's referring to the storm surge, the Canes' now famous post-win celebration. They made that a military-style salute to those in attendance who have served our country that way. Great stuff all around. The Carolina Hurricanes, a best of the weekend in more ways than one. John Forsland in 10 minutes. More college hoops, NFL, and your calls also still to come on The David Glenn Show. The David Glenn Show, where the great guests have so much fun, they never want to leave. I'll come give you a pep talk before your next show if you need me to. We could use that from you, Webb Simpson, anytime. Hey, I'll be your intern after this. Is everything open, man? We'll take Joe Harris as an intern every day <laughs> and twice on Sunday. Listen weekdays to The David Glenn Show. Hour three, we'll invite more of your best and worst of the weekend phone calls and more of my thoughts on the weekend that was. Hour three begins with North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year, John Forsland on all things NHL. Justin Williams next. 
Jerome Robinson. Are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H- how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. <laughs> um, you know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand to hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show.